0: Hello, and welcome to The Tish. I'm Dina Weiss. I'd like to talk a little bit about moral licensing. Now, I am not a professional behavioral psychologist, so I will do my best to explain this idea in the way that I understand it. So What moral licensing is, is when you use your previous good behavior to give you license to engage in later, let's say, less good behavior. Having done this act, I think of myself now as a positive and contributing person. It's hard for me to then see myself later as doing the wrong thing. It prevents me from evaluating my later behavior objectively because I see myself as the kind of person who is a good person who does the right thing. To give an example, imagine you're somebody who really prioritizes going to synagogue. You're always there right on time for tefillah. You're always really excited to be one of the first people there to make sure there are enough people for the prayers. And so then you might not notice on your way out that you're a little bit rude to the custodial staff or ignoring of the custodial staff because you're already on this high um, of having been a contributing player to the prayer services themselves. Or if you are someone who very, very diligently calls your parents and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort, but you're very careful with this commitment you might then not notice that sometimes what you're saying on those calls could be a little bit rude or could be a little bit disrespectful because you already think of yourself as doing a mitzvah, as engaging in something good and positive. And so it's hard for you to have the sensitivity around what else you're doing, how you might be doing this in a non-ideal way. And the Morva Shemesh is also not a behavioral psychologist, but I think that he is leaning into this understanding when he describes an interesting phenomenon in the construction of the Mishkan, the construction of the tabernacle. He notices that the Aron, the closet, right, that actually holds the Torah, has a kaporet on top of it, has a covering. And the word kaporet he sees as being connected to the word kapara, which means forgiveness or atonement. And he says the construction of the aron, the fact that what holds and carries the Torah has on top of it something that is connected to the process of forgiveness and atonement teaches me that actually studying Torah and doing tshuva, repenting, are part of the same process, they actually need each other. And what he says is the presence of the kaporet teaches that you have to actually go through this stage of doing chuva before you study the Torah and after you study the Torah to sort of help you with this visual, right? Imagine that we are talking about an actual closet and the closet has doors. And learning Torah is being inside the closet or getting what you need from the closet. So in order to get what you need from the closet to learn the Torah, you need to do the tshuva, the repentance process of opening the doors. And then when you're done and you put the Torah back, you then need to close the doors of the closet. So the presence of the kaporet, the presence of this protective covering is symbolic of my needing to go through a process before and after engaging with the Torah. And that process is tshuva, that I need to do some form of self-reflection and repentance on either side of the process of studying Torah. This is really interesting because we think of tshuva as something you do after you do something wrong. Tshuva, repentance, is something that we associate with sin, with negative behavior that we need to fix. So it's really striking that the more of Hashemesh pairs the process of repentance, the process of tshuva, with something that we think of as being positive the study of Torah. And what he's doing, I think, is alerting us to the dangers. Of being people who study Torah without an awareness of ourselves as being people who are also people who make mistakes, people who do the wrong thing. And the Morva Shemesh is saying, learning Torah might actually have the effect of making you arrogant, might have a negative effect on you, might turn you into someone who is not aware of the ways in which they are frail, the ways in which they are failing. And so the Morva Shemesh says, in order for the process of studying to be constructive and to make you into a better person, what you need to do is surround it with a process of self critique, with a process of self understanding. Before you go into Torah, you have to understand I am not going to become a perfect person, just because I'm a learned person. And afterwards, when you're done with the learning, you have to repeat that lesson to yourself. Just because I'm now more educated does not necessarily make me more perfect or more good. And I need to be sensitive to the danger of what we would call moral licensing, that thinking of myself as being closer to Torah might actually lead me to do negative acts. And of course, the Mor is not arguing that we not study Torah. He's not saying, don't do positive things because they might lead you to be unaware of the ways in which you can do harm. But instead he says, you need to step into it with this safeguard of a mindset, with the safeguard of a mentality, that I am not inherently a good person. None of us are inherently a good person. All of us are people who are doing positive and negative things. All of us are people who have character traits that we need to work on. And as long as we have that healthy mindset of understanding ourselves, of being capable of perpetrating harm, we are much less likely to do so. And the Torah learning that we do and the other mitzvot and kindnesses that we perform are going to contribute only positively to the world, only positively to ourselves. And this tshuva process can actually protect us from some of the harmful byproducts that we don't even want to acknowledge exist of our trying to do the right thing. How many times have we heard other people and ourselves excuse bad behavior by saying, but I'm a good person. And so I think it's really important for us to learn from the Morva Shemesh that none of us is exclusively a good person. We need to be careful not to take that self-definition so far that it prevents us from seeing when we don't live up to that definition, when we're actually not being as good as we could be. And the process of tshuva That is supposed to accompany all of the positive work that we're doing is hopefully going to act as a safeguard and is hopefully going to prevent us from getting to a place where we no longer recognize our capacity to do what's not right and our capacity to make mistakes. This episode was produced by Sam Greenberg, Effie Unterman and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to David Kubinski for recording and editing this episode. Music for the Tish is from Hannah Raskin's debut album, Raza Capella, produced by Rising Song Records.